And we're going to turn next then to the gospel reading today, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, a very familiar story for us. Hear God's word. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written, but you of Bethlehem, the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me. So I too may go and worship him. After they, had heard the, the, after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another way. Let's follow the reading from God's holy word. Have you turned to Matthew 2? And the title of the sermon today, Will You Have a Wise Response to God Revealing His Son? Well, prayer. Lord, Lord we ask that you would send light into our souls today, light that would come in like uh, the light of the first day of creation. Show to us the glory of Christ. Teach us, Lord, about his person and work. Help us so we can grow in our faith. We pray that the preaching would be faithful we ask, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to remind us of things that we know and teach us of things that we haven't yet comprehended. Pray that you would be our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If you look on a calendar that has all the traditional dates, you might see that on January 6th, uh, the day is marked with the word epiphany. And the idea of epiphany in the, in the Greek is an appearance or an appearing. And we have, uh, in the history of the celebration of Christmas, you remember a song, uh, The Twelve Days of Christmas. Well, the first day was December 25, and the twelfth day is January 6 the day of epiphany, in the Greek meaning appearing. It commemorates the wise men who see the star, and they know without any doubt that the king has been born. Now, when we have our Christmas pageants and so forth, 
Uh, we bring in the wise men because, you know, that's the only time we get to celebrate all that. But the wise men arrive much later than the shepherds. Last Sunday, we had the presentation of Jesus at the temple, uh, the sacrifice, you remember, of the two turtle doves uh, for uh, the mother as, uh, as this was required you know, 40 days after the birth of uh, a, a son. And uh, we now have the wise men showing up even later. Uh, the family uh, is in a house, as you see um, in verse 11, coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. So they, uh, the Holy Family is not in the stable anymore. This would have been just sort of an emergency situation overnight uh, because there was no, pla no place for them anywhere. Uh, but now they are in a house. And so we have this appearing appearance uh, for the wise men, first the star, and then they get to see Jesus. When we talk about an epiphany in conversation, it's used often to describe when all of a sudden you understand something that you didn't understand before. God in our Old Testament passage said, Arise! Shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. So all of a sudden, you know, it's light out. And this is a good symbolism because the Bible pictures everyone in the world by nature as living in darkness. And God follows up on that. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. So in terms of the nations the people outside of Israel, they didn't know how to serve God. They had suppressed that knowledge. They were idolatrous. They were walking in darkness. And, and now light has come in the star of Bethlehem and in the birth of Jesus Christ that this star was all about. So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. These wise men had an epiphany based in part on the word of God. Now the best guess is that they were Persians. Uh, the Church of the Nativity later in 614, in the year of our Lord 614, uh, was under attack by the Persians. And the Persians spared that church because of a mosaic uh, where they saw people from their country bringing gifts to Jesus. Uh, the word magi is a Persian word. And we have uh, these people from the east who come and we think about what we know from uh, the history of the Bible, right? That when Israel was defeated in battle by Nebuchadnezzar, uh, we have the people being hauled off 
to Babylon. They went into exile. They went into exile for 70 years. Daniel and his three, three friends were part of it. And they went to, they went to Babylon, to an academy, sort of. Uh, we, we could describe it as such, where, where the brightest people went. And, and, and so uh, they were way far away in this place where the people of the East would come from. So uh, why would they do that? Well, because Nebuchadnezzar, like any conquering uh, ruler, would take away out of this society the people that would be of greatest benefit back home. You think about the people, for instance, that run our town. You know, people would come and take 20 people out of our town that would, in a sense, run the town. What would happen? Well, the wheels would come off, right? Uh, and, but the people that would be receiving them would have a big benefit. And so Daniel was, and his three friends were, were very, very sharp. They were, they were very smart. And they were in this academy where apparently this knowledge continued on. And, and, and so even though the people went back to Israel, uh, they had this history of the Jewish people being with them. And you remember King Belshazzar, who followed his father or grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar uh, had this drunken party where he had taken the temple goblets and so forth, very sacrilegious, and they were partying with that. And he saw this handwriting on the wall uh, that said, your, your, your time's up. You've been weighed and found wanting. And what was the next administration? Uh, the next ruling people in Babylon were the Medes and Persians. And so the wise men come to the city of Jerusalem. Yes, they followed a star, but they made this connection. They come to the city of Jerusalem uh, with this idea, and it may have even included the prophecy of Balaam, who would have come from that area, uh, who said, and during the time of Moses, he went out there to curse those people, and God made him say good things. And here's what Balaam said, Numbers 24, 17. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. A ruler will come out of Jacob. And so we have this repository of knowledge. And somehow these wise men put it all together. They see the star. And they come, and there's no doubt in their mind that the Christ is born. The wise men demonstrate right from the get-go that the Gentiles, people like us, also will worship Jesus. And this is a book written to Jewish people. The wise men required further guidance from God's word to reach Jesus. Uh, God's word had to be consulted. I'm sure they were very confused. The star had brought them that far, and Jerusalem was the capital city. This is where kings were, and where is he who's born king of the Jews? Well, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and he, he asked the chief priests and 
teachers of the law in Bethlehem. That's what the prophet said. Uh, so God's word had to be consulted as to where they were headed. And of course, it was the prophet Micah who had written concerning where the Messiah would be born. God had said very clearly. And so Herod sent these wise men to Bethlehem with orders to tell them where Jesus was. Go and make careful search in verse 8 for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so I too may go and worship him. Well, Herod, Herod didn't want to worship him. He hated the Messiah. In fact, he was going to attempt to kill him when he killed the babies of Bethlehem following uh, our reading today. But Herod was an actor at this point. The star reappeared, and I can't explain this, uh, for the last six miles of their journey. Bethlehem is sometimes measured five and a half miles or six miles from Jerusalem. It's very close. So you, if you can think about six miles down the road, how far would that be from whatever road you're familiar with? That's how far Bethlehem was from Jerusalem. And here's Herod. He doesn't even care to walk across the street to find Jesus. He sends a wise man to go. But they're going in the right direction. Now they're following the star for the last little bit. And what we see from this is that we need guidance from God's word on our life's journey to worship Jesus. And that guidance comes in the church, as we've read. Uh, a necessary component of worship is God's word. We respond to it in him, prayer, listening as a disciple, we need that. God has, has ordained for us to have the church to provide that guidance for our daily life. And it's necessary for the life of faith by which God will bring us to heaven. The wise men teach us about the worship of Christ, a, a supreme example. And if you're ready for a pun, I'll share one with you. Their example, their example is stellar. How's that? Stellar. We look at the wise men. You know, if we'd study them a little bit, if we would have, if we would have been with them a few days, that would have been very impressive. They've been on a long journey. In the book of Ezra, uh, Ezra notes that he made a similar trip. And it took him four months, and it sounded like he made really good time. So imagine these wise men. They've been on a long journey, three, three or four months for sure. And you think about King Herod. You know, he, he won't even walk across the street. Bethlehem, six miles away. You go look for him. You come tell me. In verse 10, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Uh, they're, 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 as wise men, they had faith for, for the journey. Uh, think about how God uh, brought them here, you know. Um, I think about how people respond sometimes, even the church, uh, not very wholeheartedly. In fact, you know, sometimes I think about 
Well, I'm very thankful to God for the blessing of grandchildren. And it's interesting to me, uh, we have a two-year-old now in our family. And at this stage, you know what the favorite word of a two-year-old is? I'm sure half of you do, at least. No. You know, it's a word of power. You know, they're they're not going to participate. They're not going to carry out what you want. Well, what if people of faith had responded that way? You know, Noah, build an ark. No. Abraham, leave your homeland. Go to a land I'll show you. No. Abraham, take your son to Mount Moriah. No. Moses, go to Pharaoh. Tell him, let my people go. No. When we see this actually carried out, and when the children of Israel looked at the people of Canaan, they were supposed to attack. God told them that. And they told the Lord no. And, and their reason was, these people are too big and they're too strong. We'll be killed. Do you remember what happened to them? They all died in the wilderness. None of them saw the promised land. Remember what happened to Jonah? Jonah, go to Nineveh. Preach to those people. And Jonah, what did he say? He said, no. I don't like those people. They're the enemies of Israel. And if he didn't say it out loud, he said it by his actions. And he got on the ship and he went the other direction. There was a storm. They threw him overboard. A whale comes and swallows him. And after prayer, after a few days, pukes him up on the shore. And Jonah goes to do his work. We think about what God wants of his people. God calls us to action. Uh, Let's see if you really do have faith to obey God. You know, that's a test that runs all through the Bible. And that's our test too. And I, I think that faith is very much like a journey. The wise men had faith for the journey. And to be a Christian, I believe, is gonna take you is going to take you on an adventure. And you're not going to know where this is going to go or where it's going to end up, but you're called to obey God. And the Bible talks about this pil- our pilgrimage in life, how we're like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, living in tents. You know, we, we have a, a heavenly home. This is not our home. We have to serve God. Uh, that's having faith. But it's not saying No. That, that shouldn't be our legacy. When people look back at us and say, yeah, they, you know, they were against everything. The wise men had faith. They said yes. And they approach with joy. They're overjoyed. Now they've come to their destination. They come with purpose. Where is the one who's been born? We saw starting in the east. We have come to worship him. That's why they came. Why'd you come this morning? I hope you came with purpose. I hope you came to worship the Lord or serve the Lord with gladness. Gladness, the psalmist says. That's that's what we need to have in our hearts. To have an expectation. You know, when you're going to meet somebody that you really enjoy, uh, someone that you want to spend time with, and uh, we have that expectation of being with Jesus. Matthew 18, 20. Where, where people gather in his name, even two or three. In Hebrews 12, we come to worship, we come to Mount Zion, we come to Jesus at the throne of God. 
And to have that expectation as a wise man. The wise men worship with humility. They bow down. They, with their posture, acknowledge the kingship of Jesus. If you visit the church of the nativities, uh, you'll have to go through an entrance where you will literally have to bow down. And this is the epiphany to know Jesus as Lord, as Savior, as King. And that means he's not your equal. He might call you a friend and you're a servant. He might even refer to you as a, a brother in a certain sense of the word in the New Testament. But God said that he gave his son the name which is above every name, that he exalted him to the highest place, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow. And so that epiphany of who Jesus is, he's not one you say no to. He is in an exalted position, and even more so today than the little bit that the wise men knew of him and salvation. The wise men bring appropriate gifts. They were wealthy, and they brought of their wealth. They opened their treasures and presented them with gifts of gold. Why, why gold? Well, gold is for a king. And incense. Why for incense? Why incense? Well, incense for a deity. It was required in worship. In other words, incense for the fact that Jesus is God. And of myrrh. And myrrh was used as a spice for burial. Myrrh was because he was mortal. He was man. And along with this, here's wealth to sustain the Holy Family. Because after this, they're going to have to go down to Egypt, where they will be refugees of sort. And maybe, and maybe Joseph was able to get work. I'm, I'm sure that was the case. But they would have wealth to sustain them in a time where they couldn't even afford a lamb for a sacrifice. And so what the wise men brought them was just perfect. What do they get out of it? What do the wise men get out of it? Well, they didn't even get their names mentioned. And they had to leave and go a different way home. I'm sure they were looking over their shoulder uh, the first day when they took off until Herod figured out that he'd been, been tricked by them. What did they get out of it? Uh, well, they were examples of serving the Lord, of bringing appropriate gifts. But it wasn't for them. It was for the Lord Jesus. Romans chapter 12 tells us that we must offer ourselves in worship. We must give ourselves to God. Hebrews 13 says that we must offer our resources. We have to learn to share with others. Because of such sacrifice, God is pleased. A sacrifice costs cost you something. And so the wise men have had an epiphany. And, and we, if we're wise, have the wisdom from God, we too will have this epiphany of what life is about. It's not about our pleasure. It's not about the accumulation of wealth. That's what Jesus said. Life is not about the accumulation of wealth. 
It's not about the pursuit of happiness even, but our purpose in life is to glorify God, to live as he intended, to be the creatures he has created for himself, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. When we think about the, the uh, example of the composer Bach during the Re Reformation time, and when he started his work, he would put two letters on the right-hand corner, JJ, uh, Yesu, Yuva, Jesus, help, as he started, and as he concluded, SDG, Soli Deo Gloria, one of the solas of the Reformation, glory to God alone, and offer it to the Lord. That, that should be the example for us. The wise response to God revealing his son is to believe God's word. And we see that God's word is totally reliable. It could have been said 2,000 years ago. doesn't matter. It's totally reliable. And prophecies are not to be doubted. And the Bible is not just for answers, like for a trivia game, but to show us how to make our journey in life. And so we come on Sunday with the attitude, we've come to worship Jesus. We've come to worship the King. And so we come with gladness, but also humility and an appropriate offering as God has blessed you. Our epiphany is to know Christ as God has revealed him in the scriptures and then to worship him. And it's by faith that we make that effort that journey, just like the wise men, and that offering. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the wonderful example of the wise men. Help us to be wise in our day. Help us to come and worship Jesus. Help us, Lord, now to realize who he is, uh, that we would give him the exalted place in our life. We pray in his name. Amen.